0: Cryptozoology and all subjects of theosophic truth, esotericism, and the occult beyond a top secret Texan podcast. Greetings everybody out there in Dreamland, Namaste and Shalom. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much for tuning in to another episode of the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Thank you all very, very much. Listeners, new and old. I am broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. And it is my pleasure and privilege to be doing so. You can follow me on all my social media. All my different efforts through Telegram, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Through Linktree slash BeyondTopSecretTexan, all one word, lowercase. And that leads you to all my efforts. You can follow, like, subscribe on your platform of choice. And be notified of all my daily uploads Through my social media Which is across the board Uploading videos on TikTok and Instagram And Twitter From the dark web The best UFO, UAP, OVNI evidence As well as Cryptozoology, The Paranormal, and Occult. And of course, uploading regularly through the podcast. Which can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and indeed, even my own webpage, podpage.com slash texan. Thank you all very much. I recently made all of my past episodes free in celebration of beginning... my, well technically it's my 5th season of audio podcasting but would be my 6th season technically my 6th season technically because currently season number 5 is my video uploading efforts to Spotify because that's right, Spotify allows for video Uploads, And I have been uploading compilations of UFO, UAP, and OVNI videos to Spotify as my 5th season. So in celebration of this ambiguous turnover of either 5th or 6th season of episodes, that I'm going to be making all my previous and past episodes completely free for all listeners. So if you haven't already, go check out the archive of the over 250 episodes that I've uploaded and which are all completely free for your listening pleasure as well as your education on these matters. I provide unique theories, I provide unique insights and I cover a vast array of topics. The range goes from my own personal theories and opinions, as well as experiences, to deep academic research and insight by a plethora of obscure and rare intellectual presentations of speakers, writers, and researchers. All in the public domain, as well as sharing hours of compilations. From other creators, YouTube's effort as well as social media efforts, their videos I upload the audio to just to share what I am currently researching and what I think is available on the public domain. And it's worth checking out, but I compiled the best of, in my opinion, into a single source while giving full credit to them as well as links and everything else. So check out the different variety of episodes I have in my archive under the Beyond Top Secret Texan effort. And this goes back all the way to my first incarnation, which is the Rumors of War 1987 for all the OGs who've listened since the 2020 renaissance, and even probably before, since 2018, I was just making strictly war um, analysis and and political science videos, espionage and and whatnot. And then from 2019, a small hiatus, to 2020, a return once I got equipment that actually was sufficient at the task of uploading on a regular basis as well as the urgency of the energy of that time, 2019 going into 2020, to say what I needed to say. From Rumors of War in 1987, the channel evolved to Rumors of Instinct, which was in the 2020 year, at the end of that summer, when I began this podcast, which began as the Rumors of Instinct podcast and that evolved into the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast and Beyond Top Secret Texan LLC, multi-channel digital content uploading juggernaut, grassroots phenomenon that you have all helped make possible. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Most sincerely, thank you all out there in dreamland the greatest audience I, got, I can hope for. Thank you very much. Let's get into this episode. Today we're going to be speaking about Brazil. Their UFO disclosure efforts that happened very recently. um, Depending on when you listen to this. But this is 2022. Recorded on... June 28th, 2022. So very recently... As far as this recording goes. The Brazilian UFO disclosure efforts... In front of their Senate body. This is a monumental day in UFO history... Internationally. And just because it's... A... Very USA-centered... Discussion on most people's minds... That countries such as Brazil and their efforts for disclosure and transparency, as well as affirmation and validation of the UFO phenomenon in its entirety, including UFO crashes, mass sightings, uh, military involvements with not only its own personnel, but with other nations, such as the United States, involving itself, uh, armed conflicts, attacks on human beings, casualties suffered because of the hostilities uh, or aggressions, acts of violence from the UAP, UFO, um, you know, beings or crafted themselves on innocent populations, mass involvement of their military in the phenomenon as the eyewitnesses, as investigators... And as a retrievers of crashed uh, technology and, uh, you know, biological beings. As well as even an understanding in our own astrological, you know, academic perspective of intelligent life within our solar system. As well as the various facts of this entire phenomenon, which includes psychic phenomenon... Uh, which include uh, some kind of involvement or direct relationship between humanity and multiple intelligent species as well as multiple species' interest in Earth in a political um, alliance or treaty system uh, creating a coexistence of multiple intelligent beings which are interacting uh, daily on Earth all around us. Uh, these things, these uh, aspects, angles, or perspectives are still very, very far away from the mainstream modern perspective of the American UAP or UFO researcher, let alone any act of official governance to commit disclosure on or to comment on and at least publicly um, and even the testing of the waters to the varieties uh, that this discussion and discipline have to offer in terms of phenomena remains almost too much to comprehend at least easily, by even a large amount of affirmed believers or affirmed experiencers of the phenomenon that are literally taking time out of their life and schedule to study this phenomenon seriously, or in their their opinion seriously. It, it, it's beyond them. It's beyond that kind of reference. So immediately you see that the Brazilian level of disclosure market to its culture as being an independent nation culturally and traditionally like even scientifically or academically and how that is against the NWO it's against the uh, veil of secrecy that the military industrial complex of the United States uh, demands are, has established even within, like, the realm of, like, the Russia, and, and, you know, elsewhere, in Europe. (coughs) So, as a Western country, it's very anti-Western. It, like, much of Latin America, and yes, I know it's Portuguese, but it isn't South America, so, like, much of South America, um, it is both an ally to the West as well as a cultural like uh, sanctuary from it. Now, for those who don't know, let me just read the details of Brazil before we go into the UFO details of the various cases which were discussed and uh, basically publicly validated and disclosed. People don't know, there's a lot of symbolism and flags A nation's flag can tell you everything about its culture, really, if you stop and consider it, you know, as a symbolic gesture of what its identity is. So from the CIA Government World Factbook, the Brazilian flag is green with a large yellow diamond in the center, bearing a blue celestial globe with 27 white five-pointed stars. The globe has a white equatorial band with the motto... Ordem e Progresso Order and Progress The current flag was inspired by the banner of the former Empire of Brazil which reigned from 1822 to 1889 and the imperial flag the green represented the house of the Braganza of Pedro I the first emperor of Brazil while the yellow stood for the Habsburg family of his wife. On the modern flag the green represents the forests of the country and the yellow rhombus its mineral wealth. The diamond shape roughly mirrors that of the country. The blue circle of, and the stars which replace the coat of arms of the original flag depict the sky over Rio de Janeiro on the morning of the 15th November 1889, the day of the Republic of Brazil was declared the number of stars has changed with the creation of new states and has risen from an original 21 to the current 27 one for each state and the federal district a little bit more about the facts of Brazil following more than three centuries under Portuguese rule Brazil gained its independence in 1822 By far the largest and most populous country in South America, Brazil underwent more than half a century of populist and military government until 1985 when the military regime peacefully ceded power to civilian rulers. Geography, area, is a total of 8,515,770 square kilometers. Land, 8,000,000. 358,140 square kilometers with water being an estimated 157,630 square kilometers. The climate is mostly tropical but temperate in the south. Natural resources, alumina, bauxite, beryllium, gold, iron ore, manganese, nickel, niobium, phosphates, platinum, tantalum, tin, Rare earth elements, uranium, petroleum, hydropower, and timber. People and society. Population. 217,240,060. 2020 estimates. Ethnic groups. Whites make up 47.7%. Mixed races make up 43.1%. Blacks make up 7.6%. Asians make up 1.1%, and indigenous native tribes make up 0.4%. Languages. Portuguese, official and most widely spoken language. Note, less common languages include Spanish, German, Italian, Japanese, English, and a large number of minor ameri languages. Religions. Roman Catholics make up 64.6% of all religion. Protestants, 22.2%. Spiritists make up 2.2% with a, number, with a total of 8% being devout atheists. Government type. It's a federal presidential republic. Just like ours. Capital. Brasilia. Basically, it is a first world nation with a real GDP at $2,989,430,000,000 by 2020 estimates. It is a major nation and the largest in South America in terms of both population and economy. Is a serious nation, a progress minded people. It is a conservative nation with its major Catholic influence. It is not a nation of wild eyed dreamers or crazies or immature people without technology or uh, first-rate educations and cultural understanding. Correct? It is not a naive nation. It is not a new nation. It is not a nation that would disclose the UFO UAP phenomenon if it wasn't absolutely 100% real because to do so would be completely against the previous established 300 or 400 years of Brazilian existence. The thing is, it doesn't have the, it's the responsibility to the Western military-industrial complex, which only benefits at keeping tight secrecy as it does all military technology and all possible national security issues based on just the effective policy of the Manhattan Project and various other secrecies that the United States has proven are effective against enemies with you know, well-established intelligence networks No one is really going to physically threaten Brazil and no one can physically intimidate Brazil. It is a self-sufficient power. And one leading the BRICS nations with allies in Russia, India, China, and South Africa. I think the UAP disclosure was an act of open defiance and an act of open I guess you call it uh, one-upmanship to the United States. Culturally speaking, the BRICS nations have come out almost in mass publicly validating the UAP UFO phenomenon, with even the Chinese saying that they have contacted intelligent life from extraterrestrial communications and and signals intelligence that they're receiving and that the Russians have gone on record speaking about how UFOs have landed literally landed many times within Russia's history and the ships have been recovered or that this is just an open thing Russia deals with. Maybe not openly to its public but definitely it's an open secret amongst its own government. That being said, because we can't really cover all of the Brazilian UFO incidences because they range in the thousands, you know, it's just it's it's remarkable how many UFO incidences that Brazil truly has. We will be focusing on the major ones, of course, that Brazil should always be remembered for and always be known for. The night of the UFOs which is a mass sighting with over 2,000 Air, Brazilian Air Force cadets and enlisted and officers witnessing UFOs flying over their barracks on their base, and then pilots being scrambled up and reporting these craft going in excess of 15,000 miles per hour, You know, not suffering any kind of ill effects, not having any visible propulsion. So that's hypersonic flight, anti gravity being reported by the actual responding military pilots of the Brazilian Air Force during a night called the Night of the UFOs. This happened in 1986. So this was not ancient history. This is not in the 40s or 50s. This is in 1986. This is with the radar. This is with journalists interviewing and reporting on it. This is with, you know, television recording. We can still watch the videos of it. It is probably one of the most, you know, shockingly indisputable mass UFO sightings in the history of the world. That no one in the Americans and no one in uh, the Western influence, Britain or um, Canada, for example, wants to openly even discuss or acknowledge because they want to keep the discussion clearly cemented in ambiguity and in uh, repeating only American incidences, you know, for American audiences, The second would be the Vargina UFO recovery incident, as well as the surrounding UFO incidences of the Chupa Chupas. Not the Chupacabras. But the Chupa Chupas are the name that the Ameri-Indian locals of the Amazon River villages that would be attacked by these glowing orbs of light that would fire laser beams of directed light at them through their house and windows or at them if they caught them outside and either poison them or make them sick with all medical analysis pointing to them having their blood removed and suffering the effects of of blood loss as if though a transfusion had occurred against their will thus the name Chupa Chupa Which is a relatively... Pet term for vampire... And the UFO association with vampirism... As well as murder... Because these same incidences... Were uh, attributed to the deaths of many people... And that warranted the... um, Attention of the military... And the Brazilian military... Investigated this area... For roughly a few months I think close to a year And returned with thousands of photographs With hundreds of different accounts And the whistleblower uh, Actually reported it on national TV About the investigation And then was found A victim of an apparent suicide So And a lot of this is because This was during the time of relative modernity With cameras With investigative uh, Journalists Being there On the scene at the same time That we know about this But it's very obscure and rare in the west To talk about these things And there's even a specific case Of human mutilation Known as The man on the reservoir Where a Brazilian man was discovered as the victim of an apparent alien-human mutilation. Much like cattle are found in American ranches across the country, as well as they are found in England, as well as every country, to be honest. A silent harvest is occurring. And this case from Brazil proves that humans are as victim as cattle. There is also the more modern case that I would like to finish on, known as the UFO crash of Mage Brazil. Mage Brazil, where a UFO, multiple UFOs actually, were recorded flying across the sky in this area of the South American rainforest, the Amazonian rainforest. Then military helicopters were filmed responding. As well as Brazilian special forces Filmed responding through cell phones and through hand cams Digital cameras uploaded online So giving the world A first hand account as it happened Dozens of videos being uploaded to show The Incident unfolding Including evidence of an air battle including evidence of extraterrestrial recovery of extraterrestrial or presumed extraterrestrial beings because it is my theory that they were Aztec natives from the Hollow Earth Empires which routinely raid that geographic area of the Amazonian jungle their former surface level empire territories but simply labeled intruders the intruders numbered at least in a uh, four one being killed after firing an unknown weapon Responding military personnel Two being found Injured in a crash And one being found Deceased A casualty of the crash The USA is implicated In recovering both the technology And the extraterrestrials And transporting them Back to the United States for study All these cases were discussed as well as hundreds of others not only in Brazil but in the United States as well as the world. Declassified by Brazil's great UFO researchers on the subject of which I give an amazing amount of appreciation and thanks. The UFO Disclosure was incredible compared to that of our Congressional UFO hearing, also having occurred recently. The Night of the UFOs, 1986. The night of the UFOs officially began around 8 p.m. Brazilian time when Sergeant Sergio Mata de Silva, the air traffic controller at the São José de Campos Airport in Sao Paulo, uh, spotted a light in the sky from the control tower of an airport near the city of Sao Paulo. Intrigued by this, Mata asked controllers of the Sao Paulo's Guarulhos. International Airport Tower to check if any plane was heading to his airfield. The answer was negative, and while he was talking, the object vanished. After a while, the object reappeared, this time shining even more brightly. Mota fetched some binoculars to observe better and found that the object was light and multicolored. At one point, the sergeant dimmed the airport runway lights, and the object moved closer, and when he increased the brightness, the object moved away. Whether they were trying to interact with me, I don't know, but what I do know is that they behaved intelligently, the sergeant told the British Broadcasting Company. Around the same time frame, about 200 soldiers, including cadets and officers, sorry, 2,000 soldiers, including cadets and officers from the School of Aeronautical Specialists, EEAR, also spotted these lights, either with naked eyes or with binoculars, according to the ufologist Edison Boaventura Jr., president of the Garua Ufological Group, GUG. In addition, at least three planes reported similar sightings that night, one of which was piloted by the famous Brazilian entrepreneur and the founder of Embraer, Osiris Silva. Brazilian Air Force dispatched fighter jets. The objects were also picked up by radars from the Brazilian Air Force's FABs, Integrated Center for Air and Defense and Air Traffic Control, SENDAT as in data meaning that they were solid objects the fab scrambled its combat aircraft to intercept the objects however the pilots were disoriented but what they encountered according to them these multicolored dots could hover statistically or statically in the sky fly in a zigzag pattern turn at right angles change color Trajectory and altitude And reach up to 15 times The speed of sound The number of objects Seen that night was much higher Than 21 Air traffic controller Mata said Sometimes the pilots had visual Contact with the objects But the radars did not register Anything Other times, the radars even detected the presence of objects that the pilots could not see. The Air Force considered only the sightings in which there was simultaneous confirmation. The rest were discarded, he continued. Initially, three planes were dispatched, the first of which, an F. 5e piloted by Lieutenant Khyber Caldas Marino left the Santa Cruz Air Base in Rio de Janeiro at 10:34 pm. He described closing in on the target which stopped moving towards me and started to climb. I kept following the contact until about 30,000 feet when I lost radar contact and was left with just visual contact he said. The second fighter, a Mirage F-103, piloted by Captain Armando Sousa Variata de Freitas, took off at 10.48 p.m. from the Annapolis Air Base in the state of Gauss. At 11.09 p.m., Captain Vareto an unidentified signal, appeared 22 kilometers away on his radar, and he immediately framed his target and prepared to fire at the suspected enemy. His mirage soon hit the speed of Mach 1.3. 1.3 times the speed of sound, approximately 1,600 kilometers. And much to the amazement of Captain Varato, when he was 9 kilometers from the target, the object accelerated sharply and reached the speed of Mach 15. To put this in perspective, the fastest aircraft in history is the North American X-15, when reached its maximum speed of 7,274 kilometers, approximately Mach 5.89, in October 1967. The third fighter, also an F-5 pilot by Captain Marcio Brasilo jordeo left the Santa Cruz Air Base at 10.50pm, and 9 minutes later, while conducting searches in the Sao Jose des Campos region. He was informed by his flight controller, Sergeant Nelson, that numerous objects were flying behind him. Based on this, Captain Jordeo performed a 180 degree maneuver to see his pursuers, but to no avail. According to radar images, there were a total of 13 UFOs, 7 on one side and 6 on the other, that escorted Captain Jordeo's F-5. Brazilian UFO researcher Ardenair Jose Givarde believes alien technology immensely superior to ours was on display that night. At no time did they try to attack us. They played cat and mouse with us, he said. Photographic evidence from the ground. The photojournalist Adenar Britar was also working that night in his newspaper office when he received a tip-off that there was a flying saucer overhead the newspaper office. He initially assumed it to be a joke, but did go outside with a reporter to check, and much to his surprise, saw multicolored lights moving in all directions. He also took many pictures. A month later, two officers from the Aerospace Technical Center, the CTA, of the FAB, FAB, Uh, the Air Force of Brazil, accompanied by the American UFO researcher James J. Hurtak, turned up at the newsroom and demanded that the editor hand them over the negatives of the photos taken by Bretto on the pretext that they needed to be analyzed by NASA. The negatives were never returned. The phenomena are solid and reflect intelligence. Brazilian Air Force General There's no way I'm not going to be pronounce that. Brigadier Octavio Julio Maria Lima Lima. The Minister of Aeronautics Brigadier Octavio Julio Maria Lima held a press conference in which he told the reporters that five FAB fighter jets chased 21 UFOs. It's not about whether or not you believe in extraterrestrial beings or flying saucers, he said. We can only give technical information. There are several assumptions. Technically, I would tell you that we have no explanation, Lima said at the time. He also announced that the episode would be investigated, and within 30 days, a report would also be released. But it was not until 23 years later, on September 25th, 2009, that a report on the case was finally released. The report concluded that the phenomenon are solid and reflect in a certain way intelligence, due to the ability to follow and maintain a distance from observers as well as to fly in formation not necessarily manned craft he's alluding to unmanned drones and that is the U- night of the UA- F- yeah, Sorry, the night of the UFO from 1986, summarized as to the extent of the involvement between multiple international airport air traffic control towers. the Air Force of Brazil, as well as nearly 2,000 people on the ground at various walks of life. It was a massive deal. It was a massive cover-up. But just one of many that Brazil has in its illustrious history. Oparação Pratau. Operation Saucer. Literally, Operation Plate was an investigation carried out between 1977 and 1978 by the Brazilian Air Force following alleged UFO sightings in the city of Colares. The investigation was closed and nothing was disclosed. In 1977, numerous UFOs were reported in the Brazilian city of Colares Para. Local residents claimed that scars on their body were caused by the lights in the sky and named the lights Chupa Chupa, literally Sucker Sucker. Believing it would keep the lights away, residents of Colares organized night vigils, lit fires, and ignited fireworks. Mayor Jose El Dono Favacho Serra requested the help from the Air Force. The operation was commanded by Captain Yurenge Bolivar Sores Nagura de Holanda Lima during late 1977. Several pictures of lights were recorded, but the military remains skeptical. After approximately four months the operation was closed with no explanation given. The official documents can be obtained from the Brazilian National Archives. Arquivo Nacional upon request. In nineteen ninety seven, two decades after the operation, Captain Yorengue gave an interview to ufologist Adhemar Jose Javard and Marco Antonio Petit, where he recounted his experiences living alongside his men during the four-month investigation. Three months after the interview, he was found dead in his home after he seemingly hung himself using the belt of his bathrobe and his bedstand attracting the interests of many conspiracy theorists in the late 90s and drawing attention once again to the case. According to ufologist Jacques Vallée, a number of individuals were reportedly killed as a result of the lights fired upon them by the UFOs. And the injuries were consistent with radiation effects from microwaves. UFOlogists internationally from different countries have claimed that the lights from the UFOs attacked and assaulted as many as 400 people. the incident at Colares in more detail is as follows. UFOs swarm the Brazilian island of Colares in the late 70s. Beginning in 1975, reports of big, small, saucer, cigar-shaped, barrel-shaped, both Flickering lights, orbs of light, low-flying, as well as fleets, both from the river, or sorry, both from the waters, this is translated, both from the waters and from the land, and from the sky. Striking residents with beams of light that steal their blood and leave wounds and holes in the skin. Citizens from all walks of life are retaliating. Priests, carpenters, farmers, fishermen, they are taking arms, they are taking rifles. Some were left paralyzed after attacks and most are struck with physical weaknesses, shakiness, and a strange amnesia. Exposure to intense radiation has claimed the lives of two no, this isn't a War of the World-type radio script read by Orson Welles, nor is the plot a sticky Alien Invasion B-movie full of specialists. This actually happened in 1977, from October to December, as cited by numerous sources. In fact, it triggered a massive military investigation called Operation Prato, Operation Plate, that produced over 1,000 pages of documents, including hundreds of photos, diagrams, maps, and 5 hours of raw film footage eight millimeter, per UFOlogy magazine. At present, 200 of these pages have been scanned, put online, and translated into English. Brazil in fact has been a hotspot for UFO activity for decades. The Brazilian Air Force unsuccessfully tried to converge on 21 UFOs in 1986 as documented by the Brazilian UFOlogical Research Center. In 2010, Brazilian military decided to document all future incidents of UFO sightings per the BBC. As recently as May 2020, there was a UFO scare in Mage, north of Rio de Janeiro as reported by Vice, which we'll be reading later on. Real-life blood-sucking alien space lasers. Many of the details at the incident at Colaris came from Captain Urengue Halanda of the Air Force who took part in Operation Saucer and shared his story with MUFON, the mutual UFO network in 1997. An extended interview with him can be found in Brazilian Portuguese on YouTube and a briefer version can be found translated into English. But in short, Captain Urenge spent a period of four months advising and interacting with locals and his fellow Air Force troops in regard to the incident. He made observations and headed up to the report. In total, the investigation yielded documentation of nine types of craft, including photos and sketches. Various international researchers, including venture capitalists and ufologist Jack Vallee, took part in the investigation eventually investigators could predict the movements of the ufos because they traced along geographic regions as of conducting a survey some of them were completely silent while others made a buzzing sound or a hum similar to air conditioning most disturbing of all is the theft of blood and the wounds left on the victims the wounds were dubbed chupa chupas Chupa Chupa in this context meaning suck, commonly found on arms or chests, the UFOs tended to assault those who first targeted them with aggressive actions, which led Captain Urenge to advise against violent posturing when confronted with a UFO. Three months later, according to Yahoo News, the captain was found dead in his house in what was ruled a suicide by authorities. that is the case of the Chupa Chupa of the Operation Saucer so unlike the American Roswell incident unlike the American Kecksburg or Shag Harbor where UFOs simply crash with little to no interaction with regular human beings especially outside of the military Are responding to the incident this is an active UFO invasion or assault on a settlement a human population a community in which the military was tasked to investigate and recovered thousands of pages worth of documentation of photographs of hours of film as well as testimony and interview from the locals as well as documenting 400 victims of these blood-sucking literally blood-sucking radiation-emitting hostile UFOs. Of which there were nine varieties of, documented nine varieties of, and of which was completely covered up by the Brazilian authorities. There is a subcase that happened too in this called the Burning Man Incident. are known as the Melting Man. And this unfortunately brutal case has already been expertly documented by one of my favorite YouTube channels, Bedtime Stories. Now, while it's called Bedtime Stories, it is absolutely top quality documentation of the unexplained the paranormal and professionally done animated and put for free on YouTube so I include the audio as I've done many times before with other channels in this case because they have done such an amazing And nearly perfect job of capturing it. All the details, excellently narrated. And so this next audio will be from Bedtime Stories, their narrator, from a publicly available, free-to-view YouTube video. So this is all in public domain, strictly for education and entertainment purposes.
1: Men and women who devote their lives to working in hospitals across the world quickly become accustomed to treating the worst injuries that a human being can sustain. But every so often, a case comes along that is so gruesome that it succeeds in shocking even the most hardened of medical professionals. This week, we look at the haunting tale of the Burning Man of Brazil. Since the mid-1940s, the South American country of Brazil has been the setting of a staggering number of unsolved mysteries and inexplicable occurrences. We have already covered some of these often horrifying tales in previous episodes. These have included the unexplained deaths of two electrical technicians on a remote hillside in Rio de Janeiro in 1966, and the horrifically mutilated human remains that were discovered on the banks of a San Paolo reservoir one afternoon in September of 1988. A large percentage of these strange occurrences have involved sightings of, or human interactions with, unidentified flying objects. In the overwhelming majority of these reported cases, such encounters have been relatively peaceful in nature, with the people involved having come to either little or no harm such incidents include the alleged abduction of antonio villas boas whilst he was working in the fields near his farm in october of 1957 and the high profile wave of alleged extraterrestrial encounters that were reported across the municipality of virginia in 1996 there are however a minority of reported occurrences where the entities involved have behaved in a far less benign manner towards those who crossed their path in august of 1962 a family living in Giamancinu, were awoken by strange noises coming from outside their address. When the head of the household, Ivelino Mafra da Silva, went outside to investigate, he was suddenly enveloped in a strange yellow mist, which was emanating from a mysterious black object hovering nearby. As his terrified children watched on in horror, the mist became thicker, until their struggling father could no longer be seen. When the yellowy fog eventually cleared, both the object and the silver had vanished, never to be seen again. As upsetting as the circumstances surrounding this disappearance are, they quickly pale in comparison to a similar incident which had taken place 35 years earlier at a small town named Arasari Gwema in the southeast of the country. The victim on that occasion was an unassuming local farmer and fisherman and the fate which befell him remains one of the strangest and most harrowing in Brazilian history. On the early evening of Monday the 4th of March, 1946, the population of Arisari-Guerma were to be found lining the streets of Santurna-Japad-Naiba, merrily participating in the city's annual carnival. One resident who was not amongst their number was 44-year-old Joao Preciez Filho, who had earlier said goodbye to his wife and five young children, before heading out to spend the rest of the day fishing with some friends at the nearby Tieté River. His day had been successful, having pulled in a sizeable catch, but with darkness now descending, he bid farewell to his companions and then made his way back the short distance towards the village. As his horse-drawn cart re-entered the settlement, there was little movement to be seen, Aside from the branches of trees swaying gently in the night air, the streets were completely deserted, as everyone was still out enjoying the festivities. Arriving back at his front door after stabling the horse, Joa was disappointed to find that, in their haste to leave for the festival, his family had accidentally left him locked out, and so he was forced to gain entry via an open window. When inside, he put some of his catch in a pot to boil and had just filled the wood burner in order to heat some water for a bath when he was overcome by a peculiar feeling of being watched. The curious fisherman walked back over to the window he had climbed through only moments before and through the opening spotted a bright light hovering in the sky some distance away. No sooner had he laid eyes on it than a beam of brilliant light shot in his direction and the room he was standing in was suddenly bathed in a warm yellow glow which washed over his entire body. The effects of this beam were both instantaneous and agonizing for the unfortunate Joao, with areas of his exposed skin immediately affected by a searing, burning sensation. As he fell to his knees, desperately trying to cover his eyes from the blinding light, the fisherman could already feel all the hair on his face and head starting to smolder. Within moments, the beam diminished. And the room was once again reduced to the ambient light of the burning stove, leaving the suffering Joao writhing in agony on the floor. Whilst the burning beam of light had now faded, the horrendous pain it had inflicted upon him only seemed to intensify. It took all of his strength to haul himself up to his feet and stagger uncertainly across the room towards the main door. It was here that he found his hands had effectively been rendered useless, the nerve endings in his fingers were completely shot, resulting in a numbness that had left them paralysed. He had to resort to opening the door latch with his teeth before stumbling out into the street to cry for help. As he shambled haphazardly across the village, shrieking out in a desperate bid for assistance, Joao could feel a strange wet sensation underneath his feet. When he looked down, he was horrified to see in the dim moonlight that he had left a trail of bloody footprints behind him. With each step he took, the skin on the soles of his feet, which was usually as tough as leather, was gradually deteriorating as it came into contact with the ground. Eventually, Joao's shrill and pain cries brought the town's few remaining residents to his aid, and he was carried directly to his sister's house. When the district police chief eventually arrived, he initially thought he was looking at a corpse. So extensive was the damage to the victim's face and upper torso. Family members who were interviewed after the event described how their relative's skin was dark and bloated, like meat that had been overboiled or left out in the sun. Overcoming their amazement that Joao was even still alive, let alone able to describe to them what had taken place, the police acted quickly and drove him directly to the hospital at Santana Japadnaiba. Even with their years of experience, the medical staff who treated the dying man were bewildered and deeply shocked by what they were seeing. The clothes Joo was wearing were completely unaffected by what had happened to him, but were also quickly becoming saturated with blood and fatty tissue, as the skin beneath them literally started to fall away into messy piles on the tiled hospital floor. Members of the nursing staff had to move away to gag and retch, The sizeable chunks of Joao's seared flesh simply separated from his body, exposing glistening muscle underneath. In some areas, the degradation was so pronounced that sections of bone now protruded from what remained of the dissolving epidermis. Whilst all of this was happening to him, Zhou continued to sit in his bed, steadily recounting what had transpired, even as his lips, nose and ears gradually fell away from his face. In his final hours, he seemed almost serene and told of how the pain had completely subsided. Eventually, the soft tissue of his jawline deteriorated to the point where he no longer had the ability to form any more words, rendering him unable to speak to his loved ones. Although singed and clearly affected to a small extent by the incident, much like his clothes, Joe's hair and beard had inexplicably remained intact. When he finally passed away a few hours later, he had seemed oddly at peace with the tragic fate that had befallen him. The cause of death recorded by the attending physician was extreme cardiac collapse due to unknown stimuli. When the authorities returned to the Filio residence the next day, they found nothing out of the ordinary and no sign of any heat or fire damage. The window remained open from where the victim had crawled in. ...and the wood burner he had stocked in order to warm his bath water remained unlit. As one investigator would later be quoted as saying, it was as if the man had suddenly melted away from existence... ...with no conceivable reason as to why this had happened to him. The majority of modern-day investigators cite this tragic and haunting case... ...as a textbook example of a close encounter of the second kind as identified by ufologist J. Allen Hynek in 1972. Such an incident is defined by the fact that the UFO which had been sighted left behind some form of definite physical or physiological evidence for its presence, but that there was no actual interaction with its controllers or occupants. At the time of the incident, however, not one person involved believed that the cause of this unfortunate man's death had anything to do with extraterrestrials, it would not be until a year later, in the summer of 1947, that the world would become obsessed with the phenomenon of UFOs. That year, Kenneth Arnold's widely publicised report of seeing skipping sources, making their way across the skies above Mount Rainier, would captivate the imaginations of millions. As with many of its South American neighbours, Brazil is historically a deeply religious country but simultaneously also possesses a rich culture of alternative superstition and folklore. It was into such traditions and fables that the family and friends of Joao Prestier's filio retreated in the search for a justification behind the loss of their loved one. In their subsequent case reports, the police investigators recorded that the family members would repeatedly claim that this was not the first time that he, or indeed other relatives, had encountered similar deadly fireballs. Joao had previously confided to his wife that he had been pursued on a number of occasions in the past by mysterious flying lights, as he had tried to go about his daily business. When he had been much younger and working as a cattle driver, he claimed to have been forced to seek refuge in a local chapel, after having been chased by up to twelve red glowing balls of light that had rapidly descended upon him from the skies above. His younger brother Emiliano had also reported seeing such fireballs, which he stated would explode if they ever made contact with the ground. He had said that on one occasion, six of the orbs had pursued him to the very edge of a nearby cliff. As he had knelt there praying for his life, they had slowly descended to surround him before mysteriously vanishing. These incidents had led some members of the family to believe that their bloodline was cursed somehow. And that the lights had been sent by the devil himself to claim the souls of their menfolk. Tales of similar occurrences can be found in the historical records of cultures from all across the world, with Europeans traditionally referring to the phenomenon as the will o the wisp. In Brazilian culture, such manifestations are known as batata, which translates as fiery serpent. They are widely believed to be some form of playful spirit. That delights in tormenting travelers who have become lost. In the Arasari-Guerma case it has also been suggested that the lights may have been something far more malicious rather than mischievous in character. The owners of the nearby Moro Valio gold mine claim that production at the facility had been interrupted for years by malevolent ghosts known as asombra These vengeful spirits would manifest themselves as floating orbs with lashing tongues of burning flame And would chase the mine workers away from the gold seams. So disruptive were these attacks that the mine would eventually be closed down and blocked up, despite still being filled with rich deposits of the precious metal. Observers of a far less paranormal persuasion have suggested that Joao's injuries may well have been sustained by more mundane or accidental means, possibly whilst he was trying to light the fire he needed for his bath, and that the story of the floating orbs was manufactured by his family for reasons known only to themselves. Others had theorised that the horrific injuries may have been the result of a rogue lightning strike, which had occurred whilst Joao had been making his way home from the river. There is also the possibility that this may actually be a classic case of spontaneous human combustion. This is a little understood medical concept, where the victim dies as a result of horrendous injuries sustained after having caught fire. ...but with no apparent catalyst for either how the fire began or continued to be sustained. These incidents are also typified by the absence of any lasting damage to furniture or carpeting in the immediate vicinity of the victim. The only difference in this case is that spontaneous human combustion is said to occur rapidly, with the victim perishing within mere minutes. It was stated in various medical reports and statements given by the family that Thelio remained alive for many hours before his eventual passing. One intriguing line of investigation since the incident has been to try and compare the symptoms sustained by the victim to other instances of severe traumatic injury. In particular, the fact that the only cells affected by the alleged attack were living cells and not the lifeless ones in the victim's hair and clothing indicates that the burns may have been caused by exposure to a high level of radiation as found in the survivors of the Hiroshima and Nagasaki atomic bomb blasts. The mystery of how an average and unassuming rural worker in the middle of a neutral country would be exposed to such radiation has yet to be answered. The fact that the police chose to demolish the house where the incident occurred in the aftermath of the attack, thus making it more difficult to search for any traces of radioactivity, has in turn led to accusations of a cover-up by the local authorities. The troubling and unique nature of the injuries sustained by Joao Prestier's Filho make the manner of his demise distinctive, even by the standards of the other mysterious deaths that have occurred in the region, and the intervening 70 years have brought investigators no closer to discovering the means by which he met his sad and untimely end. There are those who point to the fact that Joao may have taken far longer to succumb to his injuries, and that the speed with which he passed away is something that has been exaggerated and embedded into the story over the years, as it has been passed from person to person. But even when you peel away any of what may be considered the more outlandish theories surrounding the incident, what we are left with is a man who literally burnt to death in his own home, with no sign of a fire ever having taken place. Whatever the cause of Joao's death, be it paranormal or supernatural, no human being deserves to die in such a painful and traumatic manner. We can only hope that the peace which he displayed in his final moments is the manner in which his soul has been preserved since his passing.
0: Okay, and that was the bedtime story presentation of the Burning Man of Brazil. The Burning Man being a victim in the context here of the same UFO or UAP or OVNI hostilities the aggressions of unknown lights in the sky that have been reported for generations which are part of local folklore and like Jacques Vallée has written about in the phenomenology aspect of these things that were reported through various cultural lenses as ghosts, as jungle spirits, or as now currently unknown technologies, which possess direct energy weaponry and intelligent piloting, regardless if they are manned or drone or uh, fully automated, um, or A.I., but that technology and that intelligence um is actively hostile towards human life and victimizes and attacks and assaults seemingly innocent people with these highly advanced weapons. And this individual being a simple fisherman, a simple villager. And an old man at that had no threat to him, but like this case, 400 others were reported with these quote-unquote chupa-chupas, lights in the sky that fired beams of energy at unfortunate victims, and that's just reported. And being a fractional amount of the total native population that has been harassed, chased, frightened, lost a loved one, lost, uh, you know, a pet or some kind of uh, property. Or uh, are, are suffered through the encounter or existence of these hostile entities that are still currently flying and which the military during Operation Saucer... Uh, Gathered evidence on. Another account to be discussed in Brazil's UFO history is the macabre and ghastly Body on the Reservoir case. The Body on the Reservoir case being uh, a human mutilation. Presumably from extraterrestrials of a malevolent intelligence or being, a species preying on human beings with immunity and resulting in their excruciating, agonizing deaths, which were forensically categorized and cataloged by Brazilian authorities resulting in a extremely controversial unexplained Case, but a case which does not stand alone, but rather alongside many such cases of human mutilation reported not only in South America but across the world. disturbing case of a mutilated man. On the 29th of September, 1988, a dead body of a severely mutilated middle-aged man was found on the banks of the Billings Reservoir in Sao Paulo, Brazil. It was the most disturbing death ever recorded, and the UFO filled There were no clues about how that body came there and who mutilated that man. The mutilation was done with a piece of surgical equipment and it's also believed that the machine used for the man was beyond the technical expertise of any man. Implying that he was a victim of alien intelligence, superior technology, for unknown reasons. While the Billings Reservoir served as a place of many deaths and in fact not a year passed without at least one drowning or gangland murder found on its shores dumped into the waters to dispose of the body from the killing streets of Sao Paulo a major metropolitan area close by which it served as a reservoir drinking water reservoir for it But even the Sao Paulo forensic scientists who performed the autopsy were shocked and at a loss to explain this. Discovered on a bright sunny spring day on the 29th of September 1988, a schoolboy was walking on the banks of the Billings Reservoir after his school to hunt birds and insects inhabiting grasslands and the woods. He stopped when he spotted a large group of vultures on the opposite bank. At first he thought it was a dead animal, but then he tried to disperse the birds by catapulting a stone at them. What he saw, when they had flown, shocked him. The terrifying remains of a badly mutilated corpse of a middle-aged man. He was so scared that he ran towards the nearest village immediately. And told the first villagers he saw at the reservoir. The police were called. A fire truck and two officers from the Santa Amara Police Department arrived on the scene. After analyzing the situation, they all agreed that this is something different from any other case that they'd ever seen. And by the late afternoon, the area was closed off and the site was filled with police officers and medical personnel. Many rumors circulated over the next few hours amongst the villagers and nothing was reported in the evening newspaper or tabloids afterwards. Police, medical personnel, and everyone else on the site left at night without getting noticed by the villagers, taking the body with them. In the morning, the site was left with police tape and grass being trampled by many pairs of shoes, leaving a very undistinguishable area. Nothing was heard about the case after that. The incident surely began to slip from the minds of the villagers after some years. Six years after the discovery in 1994, forensics reports accompanying photographs somehow got leaked to the press from an inside whistleblower and low-key reports appeared in various newspapers and publications from eyewitnesses over the next few weeks. Someone working in the government must have found this case so disturbing and creepy that they decided to break their silence and leak the information to the public. The details regarding the state in which the body was found were so disturbing that the authorities must have been questioning exactly who could or what force would have done this to another human being and is it even possible for a human to do these kinds of injuries to another human being? The personal details of the victim were not released to the press with respect to the victim's family. This was clear that he was a victim of a horrible mutilation which was never seen before or since, not in the public sphere, and like I said, that's actually not true there's been several cases of human beings reported, discovered in various states of mutilation, specifically in Brazil, that almost identically match this case the human mutilation case involved one left eye removal the eyelid completely removed, as well as surrounding flesh, What the one ear on the same side removed completely the lips removed down to the bone of the jaw. the side jaw was removed and a portion of the jaw bone was removed there was no blood whatsoever recovered in the corpse there were two cookie cutter wounds in the chest cored out into the lungs In the autopsy report, it was mentioned that the eyes were extracted and the eyelids were cut away, the tongue had been removed, the left ear had been sliced off, lips and flesh around the mandibles and neck had been excised, and a significant portion of jawbone was missing. Examining the whole body, they found that the armpits each had been punctured with a single hole 1.5 inches in diameter. Similar holes were found on the legs and arms when it was discovered that flesh including entire muscles had been extracted. These apertures were all uniform in terms of size and the way they had been inflicted and there were two holes on opposite sides of the body. Such as located in the armpits and the limbs, they were found to be symmetrically aligned with each other. When the forensics attempted to inspect the victim's internal organs, they were shocked to find that these had been removed too. Kidneys, liver, large and small intestine, pancreas, all were missing, and the chest and stomach had shrunken inwards as a result. However, there was no incision in the abdomen besides another hole 1.5 inches in diameter where the navel should have been similar in size to the others. Forensics concluded that the organs along with the organ tissue had been sucked out via these holes with some suction mechanism, a complete unnatural method of extraction. It is also believed that the mechanism used for the victim was beyond the technical expertise of even a skilled surgeon. Victim's colon was also taken out, leaving a huge hole of the rectum. All the cuts on his body... all the cuts on his body, holes were made with the help of surgical blades and with technology which is beyond human expertise. All wounds showed a lack of bleeding, which means blood was extracted at the same time of incisions because the wounds themselves had been cauterized. Everything was done with precision and with the technology which the authorities and experts were not aware of, clearly pointing towards some alien experiment. According to the Discovery Channel UK, many cattle were found mutilated in the same way abandoned in the fields nearby. Were these cattle and the poor man a victim of a mass alien harvest? Some people believe that vultures, insects, and organisms must have been fed on the flesh of the corpse. The corpse was found only 24 hours after it died. it takes no time for composition, more than 24 hours, and there were no traces of any animal, rat bites, insect, or uh, bird DNA on the corpse. So the organs were actually sucked out his body through these holes, leading to death. Painful death. His death was considered the most painful that the authorities had ever seen. And the most disturbing aspect of the case was that there was no sign of anesthesia or any other paralyzing agent. All the injuries were made without anesthesia and the victim's body was fully conscious during the procedure. Autopsy showed there was no evidence of any foreign substance in his toxicology report. When the cranial cavity was opened, forensics listed two items an unimpaired skull cap and signs of cerebral edema without accompanying trauma to the skull or brain, indicating a conscious agonizing death and not a concussion. Acute hemorrhage in multiple traumatizing cases is a component of causa mortis by Varga stimulation. This means the victim died of cardiorespiratory arrest brought on by extreme pain and reports they also state the evidence of forensic torture. He frequently visited the reservoir for fishing and went missing three days prior to his death. He was found, or his clothes were found on the opposite riverbank behind the woods. It is clear that he swam towards the bank that he was found on to fish he suffered from both epilepsy and alcoholism and authorities concluded that this must have resulted in a death the case was dismissed quickly and the cause was told to be natural and that he died because of quote unquote lifestyle choices but why did the authorities cover up the details the case comes to light after six years after the death, and then it too was leaked by someone from within the government and the to the press, but was dismissed quickly and didn't reach mainstream press uh, places. Basically, mainstream press, uh, you know, like websites, newspapers, things like that. It was an underground story, and almost every article, the location of the body was reported incorrectly as well. Almost every article reported the location of Guaraprenga Reservoir, but the body was actually found on the banks of the Billings Reservoir. This, with the refusal to publish personal details of the person's identity, out of respect for the family, has caused much skepticism on the case. Why were the authorities hiding details if the man died due to natural causes? Why didn't the authorities want the mainstream press to report on this case? Theories behind the death 1. Natural Authorities stated that it was a natural death because he was suffering from epilepsy and alcoholism and must have mixed alcohol with his medication or had a seizure while swimming which resulted in a strong reaction while he was fishing, collapsing and dying due to cardiac arrest. If that is so, why would the authorities lie about the location of the body to the press? Why were they trying to avoid mainstream exposure and hide the details for over six years? What did the other injuries of the body mean? Number two, murder. Some people also believe that it was a murder. As in the victim's report, it was stated that he died with extreme pain and there were no signs of struggle or attack by any person on the victim's body. If it was murder. Then, how was the killer able to perform such skilled surgery with all the surgical equipment without anesthesia and any witnesses or any evidence, etc.? What what kind of suction device did they use? Uh, Why was no authority able to know or understand how this happened? No other humans were found dead in a similar manner since, or, you know, around that case, and I've said before since then, yes, they have, but it. It's clearly a matter of not, it's not people, it's not fucking people doing this. This is clearly fucking bizarre shit going on in Brazil. Um, No traces of another person were found. There was no evidence on the scene, no footprints, no human DNA. Not even any equipment has been found uh, over the years, which automatically leads to a third theory, the supernatural. All the injuries on the body lead us to assume something unexplained occurred. Was it the aliens who did this? Which aliens? Why? The injuries on the man resembled the injuries of animal mutilation, which happened back then and currently, and there was a shocking resemblance between them. People living in areas where animals were abducted after mutilation link it with aliens and UFOs. Why did they want to do this to them? Could they have been subjecting him to a swift but extremely brutal procedure in which he lost his life? This case got closed and is still unexplained in the eyes of the people. But pictures are widely available to the public online, and you can find those pictures online of the animal of the human mutilation of Brazil. Um, and if you want a researcher who did a really good job on reporting it, uh, it's uh, Richard D. Hall on his work on human animal or human extraterrestrial mutilations or extraterrestrial human mutilations, uh, human cattle mutilations. Uh, basically the human mutilation phenomenon Which is completely obscure and not reported on As well as to the true extent of the cattle mutilation phenomenon um, they read Really good work on that As well as the uh, channel we just Heard the audio from For the uh, Burning Man Which was uh, The Body on the Reservoir By Bedtime Stories on YouTube Public Domain uh, The Body on the Reservoir they did a great video on. It's 22 minutes long. Has great animation, uh, detailed, accurate representation of what happened. If you don't want to see the real thing, but want to know what happened, great amount of detail. Uh, really great channel beyond uh, the bedtime stories and all that stuff. So those are the two mutilations that occurred in Brazil that were disclosed during the Senate hearings, which were absolutely linked to the sheer intensity that the Brazilian UFO uh, you know, history is compared to that of the disclosed Western history of America Now, the most modern one is the 2020 Mage Brazil UFO Crash which we will be getting into uh, now So, in 2020 there was an incident in which I highly publicized internet, social media presence reported on from multiple different accounts and, and perspectives throughout uh, a long time frame of multiple days of a unidentified flying object, or at least a number of them, both being seen in the area of Mage, Brazil, and subsequently being engaged and targeted, downed, and recovered by Brazil's military and an armed response, with everything from the crash being filmed to the recovery process, the, bat- the gun battles, the audio of even the air to air battle and the air to air battle itself, uh, the UFO itself being filmed. Crashed into the ground. The reporting of extraterrestrial or, or presumed intruders—they were—they were called intruders uh, by the radio chatter of the first responders. Being recovered, with one being killed and an active engagement, a, a gunfight, a gun battle, and then one being, uh, two being recovered injured, and one being recovered deceased. Um, and then even the involvement of the United States coming in and taking the, both the technology that was recovered, the craft, as well as the uh, the intruders. Sorry, the intruders, not the extraterrestrials, the intruders. Which, in my own theory and experience, were Aztecs. They were Aztecs of the hollow earth. Uh, their empire went underground. It's still very massive and technologically sophisticated. But just like as we fly sorties over enemy nations, um, they fly sorties over our occupied airspace and territory. And though their technology is superior and mightier, uh, we also are equally capable because we have extraterrestrial assistance as well as uh, exotic technologies implemented in even our... uh, You know, independent nations like Brazil, South Africa, Iran, uh, Russia, uh, China, for example, all have taken down various extraterrestrial craft and UAPs by this state and time. 2020 is, you know, they're fully capable of handling their own affairs and defending their airspace from these intruder craft. But they have been harvesting and attacking them, as in the case of the Chupa Chupa's for roughly 300 years And this is since the beginning of Brazil et cetera, Like since they even started Founding this place and colonizing it as a nation uh, These Aztec Mayans have been researching and, and developing these higher Technologies. They are sophisticated To the extreme And um, still Very hostile to Who they view as a Intruder and invader Into their own territories But war never changes, and both sides are justified in their, in their hostilities. UFO over Mage Brazil Sparks social media panic and conspiracies. The mysterious lights were seen by thousands of people. There's video evidence, and people are saying posts disappeared from social media. What happened in Mage Brazil. May fifteenth, two 2020, Brazilians in the municipality of Mage, just north of Rio de Janeiro, reported seeing mysterious illuminated objects in the sky. Wednesday, several videos of the objects exploded on Reddit and Twitter, going viral and sparking incredible speculation about a crashed UFO that has been picked up widely in the Brazilian press. Mage began to trend on Twitter. Wednesday morning when several people began sharing videos of glowing lights in the sky. The videos show blue, red, and yellow orbs moving from around the sky and one video shows the lights arranged in a triangular formation. While the videos themselves are curious though hardly evidence of anything otherworldly, this one UFO enthusiast says that the rabbit hole you can be, fall down rather quickly in. When posts about the event began disappearing on Twitter. As the event began to gather digital steam, the U- hashtag U- MageUFO hashtag began to swell with posts, then suddenly vanished. Meanwhile, on the r UFOs Reddit page, posts concerning the Brazilian UFOs also began to disappear. Crying foul Users began to accuse both Twitter and the moderators of r ufos subreddit of censorship. Twitter has not responded to requests for comments. Threads and comments about the UFOs were deleted in mass from the r ufos subreddit. In a post, a moderator said, I see a lot of stupidity in this thread, so let me just make it absolutely clear. Mods here do not censor. If a post is stupid or offensive, it will be removed, and if it is a hoax, we'll remove it. The moderator has been pilloried for the comments, with dozens of redditors suggesting that perhaps the subreddit for UFOs is where they should be allowed to talk about a UFO event that had thousands of eyewitnesses and dozens of videos posted, people wanting to discuss the event have moved on to r slash aliens in the meantime. To make matters worse, users began posting a Google Maps link showing a satellite image of a part of Mage suggesting a vast conspiracy and Google cover-up showing a clearly photoshopped and edited Google Maps image for that date. A white image glitch in the shape of a flying saucer seems to appear in a wooded area north of Rio de Janeiro. Google Maps satellite images are not updated instantly, of course, so this is an old image. A Google spokesperson explained what is going on here. Quote, in this case, what people are seeing is the image is a reflection that is temporarily overloading the satellite sensors. The spokesperson said, Essentially, the sun reflected off the surface of that building at just the right angle and just the right time to briefly blind the Google Maps satellite. This is a pretty common phenomenon and known as saturation. Qu- end quote. While the Brazilian press reports that no one reported these objects to local authorities, allegations of loud explosions and gunshots, the Brazilian military quarantining the area and forcing civilians to leave their homes, the army personnel arresting anyone trying to get close to the supposed crash site over Twitter, Oh, oh, sorry, uh, reports of that and videos have taken over Twitter and the R-Aliens subreddit as well as videos of military helicopters and aircraft even discounting the typical internet lunacy Brazil has a long time hotspot for some of the pretty interesting UFO incidents in 1957 journalist Ibrahim Swid. Arsuade received an envelope containing small bits of metal from an anonymous source, claiming they were debris from Ubatuba, a beach resort town, where an alleged UFO had crashed. Although not otherworldly in origin, by exper- by forensics the fragments were highly and uh, well highly pure magnesium. It is unclear where the metal came from, and still remains an unexplained mystery. The infamous Colaris UFO flap of 1977 made headlines when locals of the island of Colaris began reporting strange objects in the sky and bizarre injuries to their bodies. According to researcher and computer scientist Jacques Vallée, several individuals were allegedly killed by the objects witnessed on the island. Reports of radiation and thermal burning, as well as strange scars, fill the Brazilian government's file on the incident. After a formal investigation, the government ceased investigations. One of the most bizarre cases occurred in 1996 when several people claimed to witness a strange alien creature roaming the streets of Virginia City, looking like the devil. The large-headed, brown-skinned, five-foot-tall being was first spotted by three women on a January afternoon. Several other sightings were reported and even the Wall Street Journal picked up the story. Silly as it may sound, it still exists as one of Brazil's most famous, or infamous, cases. While the Mage Brazil incident will be one to join the ranks of UFO mysteries that haunt South America's skies, skeptics have argued that the lights over Mage were simply skydivers equipped with pyrotechnics. Chinese lanterns, or even drones. But we know that's all bullshit, because that was a real UFO that crashed in Mage, Brazil. Now that was a surface-level summary of the incident and its internet footprint, for its legacy is truly infamous... For the amount of censorship that such a modern case and one that I would say is the most internet uh, forward of the modern UFO crashes or encounter cases with thousands of people witnessing it and hundreds of videos being both uploaded and then taken offline during the events as they unfolded. I will try to find the timeline of events. So, unfortunately, the timeline that I was going to read, I can't seem to locate it right now. But I'll do my best to remember it. I have it saved in my files, but right now we're going to be watching the compilation. And I'll post this online, I'll post this as a video. because the timeline has been almost completely scrubbed on American internet. The video was uploaded May 14th. So as they are seeing and filming, C-130s, black C-130s are flying over. The next video is a gunfight. You hear gun fire and smoke in a jungle from a crash site. That appears to be from a quarantined facility. Next is a nighttime video of a city of a man in a vehicle, motor vehicle, filming the sky as dozens, as about a dozen lights, Um, about a dozen lights um, are in full view, vertically aligned, and flying seemingly using anti-gravity but these lights are the orange red color you know amber colored that are described in the chupa chupa incidences of operation saucer 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 18 lights in total are being filmed uh flying over a populated downtown area uh, the metropolitan of Mage, Brazil. They form a symmetrical type pattern, no doubt in an attempt to search for and recover or defend even their crashed uh, compatriots in forming a wheel now they have formed a wheel and are rotating in the air above the city as emergency vehicles clearly are observing them and responding to them. Now we are watching uh, what appear to be what they're called fire serpents down there, the orbs having trails of fire behind them as they fly then turning into the orbs remaining stationary in the air and then resuming their flight again with the fiery trails behind them to maximize their visibility they are flying uh, with intelligence they are flying salve, salve, in, in, a, in a formation my love yes but over a metropolitan city, completely over a metropolitan city. Uh, a very large city, actually. <laughs> the lights are flying over the downtown area. They are being filmed from a high rise apartment building, many stories in the air, it's a great perspective. There is nothing else in the sky except these orbs. It is nighttime. So this is within the first night of the massive uh, UFO flyover of Mage Brazil. We are seeing three orbs in a triangular pattern, but they are not one major craft. They are moving with amongst themselves as other orbs are coming into view. Over housing, this is a family, a whole family seeing them and recording them. One of the many thousands of people who, on the ground who recorded and filmed and uploaded their videos online. This, these are the videos that uh, Vice was talking about having been deleted because they were hoaxes or crazy or just in mass by Twitter or by uh, Reddit. And they were excellent quality UFO videos filming a blue orb currently holding stationary over downtown uh, Mage, Brazil. Uh, this is all posted within the, the same night, it appears. The the orb is flashing on and off again. And an evident, uh, control over the fact that it's being watched. Now, the highly controversial video of the crashed UFO, uh, being approached on the ground by an eyewitness who would later disappear or would wish to keep herself anonymous. Um... This video clearly shows a metallic, shining, blue-lit craft. um, Either it be a sphere or a disc on its side being approached in the distance as it's crashed and there's this uh, clear, like, indention into the mountainside where it crashed. But it itself is rather unharmed or undamaged.
1: Now they're interviewing...
0: On the spot This is 2020 So they are wearing Their COVID muzzles And masks So it's very relevant It's very modern It's very much What the spirit Of 2020 was Which also I have uh, many theories On the COVID lockdown Being uh, ways of covering up Massive amounts Of extraterrestrial activity Secret wars Basically Subterranean wars As well as air battles Even Between um, ultra terrestrial other intelligent life forms on earth and species that call earth home and a kind of a major um, major uh, world war almost of, of asserting dominance with by the Astra high command on all these little rogue forces so they're interviewing people they're interviewing eyewitnesses the day after Uh, The military is uh, already appearing But these are civilians These are all civilians But you can tell a lot of these people are undercover A lot of these people have spooky vibes to them With a mask But really it's just a genuine local population It's an older gentleman telling um, the story of his Another old gentleman A local resident Talking about the case uh, Honestly giving up their cases this is the audio of the military. The military first responders. This is a picked up uh, from a scrambler. Uh Tem muita coisa. Eu queria ser pela estradinha. Copiou o olho do não a the information is in Portuguese while it has not been translated in mass there are English transcriptions of the audio itself online floating around um, to actually search for it and everything and to be able to read it. I remember it so I'll give it what I remember but I will absolutely include that in the compilation of the videos about the Brazilian um, UFO incidences that I plan to upload on Spotify as well and you know YouTube and, uh, TikTok and all that. So, uh, Instagram, especially, uh, uploading content there. Uh, these images I've already uploaded, for example, on Instagram. So you can go look at the timeline through the Instagram account, uh, and see what I posted there. In fact, now that I remember I posted it there, that'd be the easiest way to actually recover these images. And it's like just it, it dawned on me just then too. While I was speaking. I was like, "Oh wait, I've actually posted this on Instagram." Yes, you're right. This is what Instagram is for. Is is for me posting stuff like this, which is highly controversial, super badass information uh, regarding the the events of of these UFO crashes and and incidences and contacts, close encounters. Linda Mountain Howe, for example, has a letter that was written to her by one of the eyewitnesses and insiders speaking about how, when the U.S. military arrived at the place where the object had fallen, they verified that there were three intruders, quote unquote, in the damaged ship. Two surviving with injuries, one deceased. The humanoid characteristics were identical to humans. But they were approximately 6.6 foot tall and built like basketball players. This was in the region of Chicara des Entreros in the municipality of the Guapamarim Rio Janeiro near the Suburba River Brazil. And that was from a May 20th, 2020 letter from an insider going by EB. Posted a number of the UFO videos or UFO v- pictures of the incident as well. So go on Instagram slash beyond top secret Texan or at beyond top secret Texan on Instagram to find my posts on this matter. as well as the included images of timelines and various matters of disclosure, including maps of the area, images of the craft, as well as videos of the craft. You can also go on Twitter to find out more of the same, or I post videos and photographic evidence there as well. With a re added emphasis on the urgency of posting as much of this media as possible online through as many different platforms because they are taking specifically images of Mage Brazil, the UFO that crashed there, as well as the audio, etc., of the interviewers and survivors offline still to this day, two years after the fact. But hopefully, all together, you guys can picture it all for yourself how this would happen over the course of several days over the many perspectives of thousands of different individuals living within the city as they saw basically unfold around them a air battle between earth forces, the air force of Brazil the subsequent downing of a hostile UAP or UFO or OVNI and the subsequent search and recovery for the survivor that was uninjured, resulting in a gun battle ending in the death of this quote-unquote intruder. This happened in Mage, Brazil in 2020. Evidence can be found on Instagram or on my Twitter, my social media. Thank you all very much for tuning in to this episode of Brazil's UFO UAP Disclosure and its most Controversial and serious cases, and as his modern history. Thank you all very much, tuning into another episode of the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. I've been your host, Beyond Top Secret Texan, broadcasting you from the third coast, the coast with the most, Gulf Coast of Texas. Thank you all very much out there in Dreamland for your time and your patience. You guys got a lot of guts. And thank you for your support. Those that wish to support can through Cash App or can through. Uh, just simply liking and subscribing, helping out. I have made all my content free just for the benefit of you know everyone needing this in the future as we move towards UFO disclosure. But if you guys would like to tip or leave any kind of incentive or thank you, definitely check out the Cash App at Beyond Top Secret Texan, like PayPal at Beyond Top Secret Texan. Or DM me for other kinds of options or details. So thank you very much for that. You know, any tip is appreciated. Everything from a dollar to $5, $10 or whatever. Appreciated. Thank you very much. God bless you and your families. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Namaste and shalom, guys. Peace out.